Hi, this is Pastor Josh, and welcome to the Harbor Church Podcast. Harbor is a place where people can connect with Jesus and with each other. And if you're looking to get connected, you can find more information at harborchurch.com. Now here's this week's message from a guest speaker. All right, good evening. We're glad you're here tonight. My name's Ron. I'm the executive pastor. And I'm Marilyn, and he belongs to me. Awesome. (laughs) Go ahead. It's already started. Go ahead. He was going to announce that during the our uh, time tonight that I interrupt a lot. I just wanted to prove it. (laughs) You guys pray for me. I do marital counseling for other people, but for us, it's obvious it ain't working. Um, But we're glad that you're here with us. And um, I want to do something. We're speaking on marriage. Now, as soon as I say that, everyone who's here who's not married or once was but divorced because you tried it once, twice, three times, and it just didn't work out, You check out, and there's not anything that's going to be said for you. So here's what I want to ask you to do. If you're married, I want you to stand with me for just a moment and remain standing if you're currently married. Or engaged. That was my next step. Thank you. If you are engaged, would you now stand? If you would ever like to get engaged or like to get married, or maybe there's somebody somewhere out there that you're praying to God will be born at some point that will be a good match for you, would you stand? All right. Now, what I want to do is I want to have a word of prayer because though the message is dealing with marriage, those who are not yet or no longer married, hopefully God's Holy Spirit will still be able to work in your life and in your mind, and you will know from tonight how you can pray for those around you who are married. Because good marriages in today's world are not ordinary. We have a lot of people who live together, but they're they're not living together. They're enduring till the end. You have a food taster in the house called your dog that you give some to first just to make sure she didn't poison it. (laughs) Those kind of things. So let me have a word of prayer with all of us, and then I'll ask you to be seated. Father, we come to you tonight. Thank you for the worship. Thank you, Lord, that you are the potter. We're just the clay. And I ask, Lord, that through tonight you would speak to my heart that you would speak to Maryland's and every person here. And those who will listen in the future, I ask that you would speak to their hearts also. Be pleased to be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask these things. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Since it's in my notes, I do want to say it to you. Maryland does interrupt me. Um, She... We talked about it, and I said, go ahead. It's all right. You do it at home all the time. I don't know why speaking would be any different. (laughs) That was a joke. (laughs) I would not say that out loud if I meant it. (laughs) Not in live. Uh, I would have to let my dog eat my food if I said that out loud. (laughs) But anyhow, 
we're just going to take a moment and go into this, this concept of what God, God put together and created that we call marriage. Uh, there's just there's a lot of confusion. Our daughter one time came to Marilyn, and she said, thank you. She was grown at that point. She said, thank you, and Marilyn said, for what? She said, I, I never went to bed wondering if you and Dad will still be together in the morning. I thought, how sad, you know? And there's something inside of me. I've got that rebellious streak that I've talked to you about. I just wanted to leave just so when she woke up in the morning, where's Daddy? <laughs> oh, he's gone. He has a very warped sense of humor, for sure. So, <laughs> I'm, tr I'm trying to help you all learn my humor, okay? It's not working. Uh, we've been here a year, and it's still not working. So Marilyn says I need to get converted. Uh, let me throw out a statement. I'm going to say the first part of it. You finish the end of it, okay? If Mama ain't happy... Okay. Which is a lie. And I think it's one of the things that have, has come into our homes that has made more havoc than a lot of stuff has because it puts so much responsibility on the mom for one thing, and it makes everybody feel like it's all about me. It's all about me. It isn't all about me. It's all about God. But because of that statement, it's said so many times in our homes, and the attitude comes forward that we are, have to make mom happy if we're going to have a happy home. That's such a warped statement. So what we're wanting to present is an alternate to it, and the alternate is if the couple isn't happy, ain't nobody happy. The couple. It's 100%, 100%. It's not 50-50. Whether she gives anything or not, it's 100%. From me. Uh, go ahead and throw up that, that first diagram, if you will, Bobby. I call this the Gus chart, G-U-S. God, you, spouse. All right? We've seen it used in a lot of different ways, and the concept is that the closer the spouse and you get to God, the closer together you become. So what I would like you to do is for a moment in your mind, think of the most godly person you know. I mean, if Jesus Christ himself came down and said, I want you to name the single person that is more like me than anyone else you know, I want you to think of that person right now. Okay, you got them? We're going to put them right here. Th this is, if, if this is baseline... That most godly person you know is right here. The problem is, what do you do when you want to get closer to God, but your spouse isn't a believer, walked away from God and doesn't give two rips about anything, they're not going to get closer to God. What are, they, what are you going to do about that? L let me show you something. Meryl and I were sitting down and we were talking and as you take this baseline and you get closer to God, look how much you actually move closer to your spouse. 
you can get closer to your spouse just by you getting closer to God, whether your spouse does anything about getting closer to God. You're not trapped. Yeah, our triangle was so low when we got married, we weren't even in the same room. When we first got married, Ron and I both came from Christian homes, and we had heard about um, what God taught in his word about marriage, and we were 19, and we were both stupid and dumb as rocks. And I think we must have thought that that just naturally happens. You just get married, and, and you have a godly marriage. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And for several years, Ron and I really struggled in, in our marriage. And the way y'all see me today, I haven't always been this sweet. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> but there were so many things. It's that in my notes. <laughs> I wrote them in. <laughs> There's so many things that we had to come to realization that we could not fix, that it wasn't going to be our way. It had to be God's way for us to come together to make a um, godly home. And we didn't even know where to begin at first. We had God's word that years ago, years and years ago, they did not have conferences, marriage conferences that you could go to. They didn't have a lot of marriage books. They didn't have a, we didn't even have a lot of examples around us that we could talk to because you didn't talk to people about stuff like that back then. And some of you that are in my age range, you can completely understand that. Um, so we just had to dig in and find out what God said and start obeying. Yeah, in Matthew chapter 19, God gives a statement about marriage and he says in verse 6, since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Let no one split apart. Um, oh, and I left him one time for two whole weeks and went to his parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our laundry's coming out. <laughs> the reason she did that is because her mother hated me, and she would have had her at the divorce lawyer in a second. And my dad called me on the phone. He said, that is your wife, and I am bringing her back to you, and you will take care of her. Yes, sir. <laughs> but God has a design for marriage. It, it doesn't just happen. It, it, you can read all the books you want to read, and it still doesn't happen. You can memorize every verse in the Bible that talks about husband and wife relationships, and you can despise the person that you're married to and hate to go to bed at night or wake up in the morning. There's more to it than that. I, I, I can't tell you that we have arrived. We're far from it. If, if you're around us any time at all, we still have difficulties because as our pastor speaks on a regular basis, we too are dumpster fires. And it's not that I'm married to a dumpster fire, it's that she is married to a dumpster fire. And I can't, I can't push that away and throw off on her and say it's her, it's her issue, it's her fault. It's 100% me, whether she gives 1% or not. Either I'm all in or I'm going to have problems. 
in my marriage. Which is also the same for me. So the first part of God's design for marriage is you must make Jesus the foundation and head of your home. That's non-optional. Jesus Christ must be the foundation. Everything that's done must be based on Jesus Christ and what his word says. Now, I'm just going to hit it right off the, the beginning uh, as we're talking. Uh, the Bible does teach that women must submit to their husbands. We men tend to really love to camp out on that subject right there. And when our wife doesn't do what we want her to do, we throw out, if we're stupid, we throw out one of those statements like, submit thou God-fearing woman. And then after our eyes open again, we realize, that was stupid, I'll never say that one again. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, 22, and 25, here's what it says. Further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. Ron, submit to your wife. Wife, submit to your husband out of reverence, out of respect, out of honor to Jesus Christ. In other words, how I treat this lady next to me shows to you and everyone else my attitude and my opinion of Christ. If I treat her like baggage, I have no respect and reverence for Christ. My relationship with Marilyn displays to her, my children, my grandchildren, this church and our neighbors that we live next to displays to them what I think of Jesus Christ. But it goes in verse 25, and it says, And husbands, this means, this submitting to one another, here's what it means for the husbands. This means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Okay, so the question comes to my mind, how did Christ love the church? He answers it and says, he gave up his life for her. Jesus Christ loved the church so much that he died for the church. Now, if I were to ask you, I'm not going to do that, but if I were to ask all of us men here tonight, would you die for your wife? I think most of us would say yes, okay? Especially if our wife was in the room with us, we certainly would say yes to that because we are male. You know, and that's what we're supposed to do. My question is, oh yeah? Would you give up your new golf clubs for your wife? Your new rifle going into hunting season? Your season pass to that sports team? Would you give that up? If you won't give those up, you're not going to die for her. You're faking it. You're not being honest with yourself, and your wife knows it. Then it goes further in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Husbands, give honor to your wives. In the same way it says, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Here's how. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Treat her like you understand. It doesn't say understand your wife. Right? 
If I read this, treat your wife with understanding as you're living with her. So while you're going along, treat her as if you understand the woman that God blessed you with. Because as much as you sometimes struggle understanding her, I can promise myself she struggles understanding me. Why? God made her different than me. Everything about my wife is different than me. I won't go into detail, but could I just get you to use your mind for just a moment? You think of the physiological aspect of you. Men are made for giving. Women are made for receiving. That's a fact of creation, and it's a fact of your marriage. And when we first got married, is this on? Oh. When we first got married, I thought submission was a dirty word because of the background that I came from. I didn't understand submission um, because I thought submission meant I had to be a slave to Ron. I had to do whatever he said, and I couldn't have my own mind and couldn't do my own thing. And as we began to study and find God's word in our marriage, I, I realized that submission was a together thing. It wasn't me saying, oh, what do you want me to do, oh, handsome one? I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm a little too independent for that. Um, so we had to come together and have a mutual respect for each other, a mutual sub submission to each other because of the honoring uh, that he would give to me made me want to make that submission uh, toward, toward him. And when we have made decisions together, we always come together and discuss and talk. And it isn't just his way or just my way. It's our way. It's the couple coming together as one. Yeah, and we use a verse as it relates in our minds at least to financially giving, but give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. King James Version. Marilyn just mentioned giving honor to each other. And so if you're sitting there and you're saying, I, I'm not getting any honor coming myself. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall humans give to you. So make it your goal, your practice, your desire in life to make sure that when your spouse pillows their head tonight or whenever they go to bed and they think about you, they feel and they know that you love them, respect them, and you honor them. That's my calling. My calling is not to be a great lover. My calling is not to make a lot of money. My calling is not to let the dog get up in my lap when I don't like the dog getting up I in my lap. I knew he was going to bring that in. It's my baby. 
guys, when your kids move out of the house, don't get a dog. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just let that kind of hang out there a little bit, marinate on that one, okay? But practice giving what you want, the golden rule. You, you give what you want in response. Now, I'm in a, a, a chat group with uh, Pastor Josh and a few other men, and I'm gonna, we were talking today, and I'm going to twist the subject just a little bit, but this is kind of the connotation of the subject that we were talking about. And the question was asked, what if, what if God wants to speak to your spouse today and heal them or bless them or make them feel his love and his appreciation and his forgiveness? What if God wants to do that to your spouse today? And he wants to do it through you. How you doing? I will move on. Next thing. Become a student of each other. In other words, earn a PhD in your spouse. That goes beyond an associate's degree or bachelor's or master's. Go for the PhD and don't get one PhD. Get several PhDs in understanding your spouse. You become more knowledgeable about your spouse than any other person who's alive on the face of the earth. You are the expert because of your study and your knowledge on that. And one of the things that I had to learn um, in being uh, having a PhD and understanding Ron is because we are different, he handles things differently than I do. And so I, I'm kind of up and down and up and down and up and down and Ron is always like this. Just always like this. Always, always like this. <laughs> so when I have my up and downs, he had to learn those. But I had to, I, I had to learn what made him tick. I had to learn um, when he would be come in with stress from the church or uh, a heartbreaking situation from a family he had just counseled or whatever, he would come in all quiet. And the first thing that I would think is he's mad at me automatically. That would just automatically come. And one of the things that I had to learn was that he has to process and he processes differently than I do. I have to talk about everything. Anybody that knows me very much, you know, I talk a lot, but Ron is very quiet and he's very, um, what do you call that when you're in your own head? <laughs> so that we wouldn't have arguments, it was very important that I would learn how, how he handled certain issues so that then we could come together and then talk about it. Same with me. He would have to let me talk and talk and talk, and then he would finally be able to fix it for me. Um, <laughs> The one thing going back to the, uh, that I forgot to say, going back to the mission thing, uh, submission thing, is, you know, God, God made Ron to be my warrior. He made him a warrior. Why would I fight against that when God made him to be my protector, my, my, my um, confidant, my comfort, 
Why would I fight against that when that is the way God made him and I have to allow him to be my warrior? But then allowing him to be my warrior, I get to be a warrioress. <laughs> Whatever that is. That's not in the notes. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, next. You need to you need to pray for and with each other. Uh, I appreciated Pastor Josh a couple of weeks ago. He was talking about praying for your spouse, and he said, good night. You're married to each other. You sleep together, and you can't pray? And I thought, well, yeah, that's a good, that's a good question to throw out there. And so you, you don't have to stop in our Heavenly Father's. You know, you, you don't have to genuflex or in, you, you can just walk by your spouse and touch them on the shoulder and as you do from your heart directly to God so that they cannot hear it. God bless you. God minister to you. God be kind to them. There are times that Marilyn will come and she's having something going on physically and I... I don't hesitate to stop and lay my hands on her and pray for God to heal her, and I expect God to heal her. I believe that's biblical for me to do that. You know, why, why would I not do that? Now, she still goes to the doctor, you know, and if she needs medication, she still takes that, but I, I pray for her more than I do anybody else. Her success blesses me. And also the praying, praying together um, helps you know the heart of your spouse. It helps you see where their concerns and their um, desires for God to work in their life are with their children, with your children, or with job at work or whatever. It shows the heart. And when you pray together, that draws the hearts closer together. Yeah. And then the last point that I'll deal with is learn to honor God and others with your resources. Everything that Marilyn and I have is a gift from God. Every good and every perfect gift is from the Father. And that is not for us. That is for us to be a blessing to others. You give to get to give. If you stop on the give to get, you're self-centered, self-seeking, stingy. God gives to us so that we can give to others. And we need to do that as a couple. We need to practice that on a regular basis. Whether Marilyn loves having people over to the house. That's, that's part of giving for that. You know, somebody's got to clean the toilet, you know. So if I can, I'll volunteer. The things I don't want to do, here's a a help to you guys. The things I don't want to do, I do a really bad job the first time she asks me. She'll never ask me again uh, for that. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, learn. And learn to give anonymously. Make it so that only God can pay you back. That, they cannot, the person that you give to, whatever it is you're giving, they cannot even give you a thank you note because they don't know 
who bought the bag of groceries and put it on their front door. It's anonymous. And watch how God blesses and returns that to you. Um, as we're going through this, the question that we asked each other is, if we're going to talk about this, does it work? Or is this just a lesson that we're giving and your 30 minutes will be used and you'll go home and nothing will change? Uh, all the tests that I take say that I speak through stories. So let me tell you a story. It's about Uncle Roy. Uncle Roy is one of my, my dad's brothers. And uh, he lived to be 95 years old. He was an awesome guy. Uh, he was a minister. He preached on 95, preached on Wednesday, went to the club, exercise club on Friday and dropped dead. I just, <laughs> what a way to go out, you know, kind of a thing. Well, Uncle Roy is married to Aunt Mary, and uh, Aunt Mary got Alzheimer's, as many people do, and Uncle Roy faithfully every single day went out and spent the entire day with Aunt Mary. You know, they just had that sweet, sweet, spirit and marriage to them that not just us but anybody who knew Uncle Roy and Aunt Mary you know their goal in life was I just want to become like Roy and Mary kind of a thing so when Aunt Mary died we were in Kentucky and um, it's where all of our my family's from and so the traditional way is the husband or the spouse stands at the foot of the casket for a receiving line and then certain individuals within the family stand next to them. And so my responsibility for representing the Sears family was to stand next to Uncle Roy. And he had pastored there in, in the southern part of Kentucky for over 70 years in that one area. And I had never seen such a, a line of person after person who who came by to offer their condolences and their love to Uncle Roy and all of that. But I'll never forget it. One guy came by, stood there for a few moments in Aunt Mary's uh, casket, came over to sh shake Uncle Roy's hands. And he said, Brother Roy, 65 years. And Uncle Roy said, not near long enough. I want 65 years with her or longer. But I want to get to that point where I say, it's not near long enough. In the daily devotional that Ron wrote this week, there's a quote in there that says, life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty or well-preserved body but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. I want the wow, not what a ride. But I want the skidding along the way. I want the going fast. And I want the ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. 
And I want the, I don't know what she's going to say next. And I want the, I don't want to go in the house at nighttime with all the lights out and sit down where the chair used to be because it ain't there any longer. I want all of that. So that when eternity comes for us, whichever one of us goes first, the other can look in the casket at the remains, kiss the other one on the cheek and say, sweetheart, it ain't near long enough. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, Marilyn and I need you to speak to us. God, we want a sweet marriage. God, I want her to know that I love her supremely. I want it so that when people look at our lives, they see glimpses of Jesus Christ. Dear God, I want it so that people know it is possible to live a godly, holy life with the mate that you've given to us. May every person here tonight make that dedication to themselves and you first of all and then to their spouse and those who are here whose spouse isn't married help them to go ahead and move closer to you because that will draw them closer to the one they're married to and all of the others who do not have the marriage it doesn't matter why they're just not married yet place it on their hearts to pray for those couples that they see at the store that are struggling. That couple that's going down the road and it's obvious that they're in an argument in their car. God, may they pray for them and lift them up before your throne. I ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ and only and totally for your glory. Amen. If you'd like to support the ministries of Harbor Church as we bring the hope of Jesus to our community and the world around us, you can visit harborchurch.com backslash give, or you can text any amount to 84321. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.